It is another episode of Paul Mort Talk Shit. We are joined by my friend, former student, best-selling author, and he's killing it right now, Mr. James Smith. This is his second time on the podcast. Actually, it was we figured out that it was the fourth time we've actually done a podcast together, but the first time um, we've done one in person. This thing goes off on a fucking absolute tangent. We talk about business. We talk about events. We talk about profit. We talk about COVID. We talk about vaccines. That wasn't my idea. Uh, we talk about all sorts of shit. You're going to absolutely love one. If you're into, um, if you're into deep um, conversation that is also tinged with uh, relationship advice, shagging advice, uh, all that kind of shit, you're going to really... Um, feel this one here we go we are good to go and today we are talking shit you like that with mr james smith uh james a second time on the show yes which feels mad because it feels like more and this is the first time face to face though that is mad yeah because we've done three right yeah we have i think i've done yours twice Mm. you've done mine this is the second time so uh, welcome to paul more talk shit I uh, I actually, for this one, I don't have any pre-planned questions other than how was fucking Friday? Yeah, it was good. I had to think what was Friday so, fr- <laughs> so Friday, James had, would you call that the biggest night of your career so far? Yeah, we uh, sold out the Roundhouse in London. Uh, so a lot of people are like, oh, it's really prestigious. I've never fucking heard of the Roundhouse. Me, me neither. Uh, it's, it's a very cool name though. Yeah, so, Sounds like you could play snooker there actually. Yeah. <laughs> what, is it, what is it? It's a big capacity venue. It's 1,500 people. Which Who is, else has played there? I'd love to know that. Uh, I think like Biffy Clyro played like one of the last gigs yeah. that were there. Uh, I don't know much about Biffy Clyro either. It's just something <laughs> that someone else said. They're like, oh yeah, Biffy Clyro. I'm like, oh yeah. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, 1,500 people is the most we've had. We had 1,200 at Sydney a few months ago before it went to shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we had to get more chairs brought into the venue. Mm-hmm. It cost us nine grand to get the chairs in. Shit. So just the, so we could have had like assembly chairs, but like now we'll have proper yeah. like event chairs in. Yeah. So considering this, oh, so they weren't the fold up. Yeah, they didn't have the fold up ones. They're the ones that are on the rig. So they oh, it's so like yeah, a yeah, football yeah. stadium. Yeah. Because there are other types of chairs you can get, but you don't want people moving chairs when they get up. You don't want some standing up and you're. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we um so we wanted that to be perfect. The venue is really expensive, and do you know what? Biggest event ever probably made the least money from it than any of the others. Any really? Of the others. It was very close. So the night before, we had 450 people at Exeter. Mm-hmm. Those events build about very similar amounts of money. Really? It's crazy. So, but like I kept calling it the Catalina wine mixer. Yeah. It's like it's the fucking Catalina wine mixer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, Darren, this is the best, biggest event we're going to be doing for ages. And Luke's like, oh, actually Manchester 1600. I was like, fuck off. Is it? We haven't actually looked at like we, we play it very much week by week like disorganized actually even trying to put me in for a podcast like you want to do a podcast I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing someone said to me the other day I get asked quite a bit and it's a pain in the office can you put me in touch with James I'm like well I could I'm not going to I can give you the email address of his agent and they're like oh really I'm like yeah well check, it, check this out James is my mate and I still have to fucking 
Speak to Luke, who's also, by the way, my agent, which is the weirdest fucking setup ever. Hey, do you want to go for dinner? I don't know. Yeah. I'd like to go for dinner, but I don't know. About... <laughs> it's all the time, I'm like, so where, where are we going? And then what's next? And yeah. even like, uh, Bedouin's the same. We're like, oh, we've got London on Friday. And he you know what like, though, mate? It allows you, that allows you to focus on what you're fucking good at. Exactly. And even people, I think, can sometimes forget the even just not stressing about my calendar or not stressing about booking things in or appointments or knowing yeah. that someone else is going to message me at 10 p.m. going, by the way, you got Pornmore tomorrow. Yeah. That allows me to have the freedom to work on more profitable tasks. Mm-hmm. And even content creation or idea creation is part of that. And I think people, especially when they need, people irrespective of their business requirements need an element of creativity. And that is always going to be attached to whatever kind of personal energy you have. But I think a lot of the time, I think most people that are in business tend to be creative people anyway, right? Because you've got to, you're essentially creating solutions to people's problems. And I think the best business people, the most successful ones, are usually the ones that are most creative, but have people that are more, I want to use the word anal for some reason. <laughs> attention do you, do you know what I'm saying like attention to detail spreadsheets numbers all the boring shit I think those most successful people are the ones that are the most creative with that as backup do you know what's interesting I had this conversation with Paula Lima where yourself myself Paula Lima Darren all did terrible in the education system mm-hmm. yet we are creatives to the point that we can run very very profitable businesses and work very very few hours mm-hmm. and there's a big kind of elephant in the room that the education system as it currently stands does you know it it cannot quantify someone's ability for creativeness or business acumen or these things so many the, the, the things you learn at school are fucking ridiculous well you just learn it in parrot fashion yeah you, you just you literally school is about remembering things mm, i think, agree with that think about that right like everything you do at school it's because you've had to remember a fact or remember a number or you've practiced a times table so many fucking times that you can say it off by heart. You know what I mean? That, that is quite... Ma- and we've been thinking about this a lot recently because Nina has only been to school once in the past, like, six weeks. And she got sent home after an hour because of all this fucking um, track and trace and then Shut she up. got COVID and then Max had COVID. Oh, they've hardly been to school. And I'm like, but they're, they're both smart as fuck. How was she with the COVID? Oh, mate, they were both. Max was worse. The temperature was ridiculously high. But they were puking in that. Like, they were puking up loads. And how old are they? Uh, Nina is... Uh, this is bad. I don't know this. Roughly. <laughs> Nina's Ball- eight, Max is ten, <laughs> roughly. Ballpark. <laughs> Nina's eight, Max is ten. There's a study that came out uh, recently about how COVID has affected the IQs of people that... Oh, really? I've had it. They... I think they did a, an IQ. I didn't see the study. I'm just, oh, I've read the news. <laughs> so this could be bullshit. But they did a study across uh, people. I uh, don't know where I'm going with that. And then basically the population of people that had COVID had lost IQ points. Really? Now, like, whether or not lung damage could then affect oxygen, which could then affect, you know, the brain's ability to to concentrate, I don't know. Yeah. But it's crazy that the... The whole, John, I love podcasts where people talk about COVID. You know, like some people think you're kind of getting levitated towards something. I love it. Like, well, when mate, that thing you said about the lungs, I'm still not, I still can't breathe properly. I did it. Do you know what? I was in the tubes. I was in the tube station the day. I very rarely get the tube when I'm here. And I saw two escalators and the stairs. And I'm thinking, fuck me. I ate, an 80, I, ate I spent 80 quid on a burger yesterday. 
that must have had 2,000 calories in it. I'm getting my fucking neat up here. I got to the top and I was fucking gassed. I'm like, is that the COVID? Or is it the fucking truffle? The truffle oil? That was there. But it'll be interesting when we roll jujitsu to see what my, what my lungs are actually like. Did you have a COVID jab before? One. Okay. I and got then my second one in two days. I told a little lie. Go on. On Sunday. So I'm going to Ibiza next Saturday with the fam. You have to have been jabbed within a certain time frame to go. So <laughs> within about a week of having COVID, I had the second job. And the, the doctor actually said, have you had COVID in the last 28 days? Last 28 days? And I was looking around, I was thinking, do you think any of these people that are in the room? Because obviously you're in your local town, you think, do you think any of these people know who I am? Sometimes you get that right. You couldn't get away with saying that, probably. Have you had a COVID in the last 28 days? I was like, no, I haven't. I'd had it like four days before. That's how desperate I am to go to Ibiza, people. <laughs> But yeah, I had the second jab and it, I had no side effects from it at all. Not even a dead arm. No, it's, um, I, had, I had the dead arm quite bad. Did you? There's another European country, I can't remember, who uh, the vaccine rollout, I think it might be Israel, could be wrong. The efficacy of the vaccine has been substantially worse than it, it was has Israel. been here. It was Israel. Because they um, only did the jabs four weeks apart. Oh, really? The guaranteed oh, funny enough, I made a post about... <laughs> <laughs> do you know when you look back at the numbers on your posts on social media and you're like you know fine well that the ones that are the most popular are the ones that what you call the biggest ruggers I just said if you watch Love Island say you instead of you or what was the third one what was the third one can you remember I said if you do any of these three oh get snort yourself inside every weekend I'm not going to take your advice on the vaccine and it just fucking kicked off and someone sent me that that is real study it's, a, it's mad I actually I messaged Luke just for this by the way Luke's a mystery man. He, he will reference. Have you him. asked Luke on your podcast yet? Absolutely not. He operates in the show. I've asked him. Went, I've asked him. He said, uh, he said no. He said not yet. I was like, what are you waiting for? Like, uh, <laughs> if anyone tries to get a picture of him, just tell him to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, yeah, it's. I've been very fortunate. Not got COVID. Not had it. Not yet. Well, we'll roll it tomorrow. So you probably have a bag Wednesday or Thursday. It, it's crazy because I get through periods where I'm like, oh, want to be a bit cautious and then people around me are like dropping like flies but it's ultimately when when you're going to get it but for myself I, I'm trying to take care of what I can outside of it and like even now I'm supplementing for the first time in Australia I wasn't supplementing but now I'm back here fish oils vitamin D vitamin C religiously every morning yeah because that's in my power it cost me a few quid whatever it's kind of a fucking bit ridiculous that there's still no narrative towards health composition like, Nothing. I think there was that bit last summer. You probably missed this, or you might know about where the, where they started sending out vitamin D. They started, didn't they? In this country, they started. I think they started sending out vulnerable people vitamin D subs. Or maybe I just dreamed that, but I'm pretty sure that fucking happened. For me, like I know I'm. I'm if it, if I was in control of this country, I would have gone full draconian. I'd. Put... And then, well, then Boris said he was going to lose weight, and then didn't. Yeah. And... <laughs> The, the fucking... He said I got COVID because I was too fat. I'm going to lose weight, and then he didn't. I would have, if I if I was in charge, I would have gone full draconian and said, look, lockdown, first few weeks other countries locking down, I would have said, right, military on the streets, like, you rubber bullets, you're outside, bomb. I would have then employed several thousand, like, delivery food drivers, and I would have got them tested, like, every day. Yeah. They would deliver food to your house, and the government would subsidize Morrison's, Waitrose, Sainsbury's, whatever. Like I would literally have spent three weeks, say, stay in your home, you got hot water, drinking water, 
don't leave your house or you'll be shot. Because <laughs> if you reduce, I know it's obviously not that simple. Mate, this is a terrible joke, but if I had to do that, I'd probably shoot myself. <laughs> <laughs> but like, imagine in three weeks, eradication was genuinely on the cards. Because Australia did it, New Zealand did it. Yeah. The only reason that they're cropping up is because the other countries didn't eradicate it. And now it's coming back in. Because politics. people are travelling there. Yeah. So yeah. If, the, if the UK had squished their numbers down like Australia and New Zealand did, or if every country had done yeah. that, and I know that then you've got like primary care, you've got people in homes, you've got all of this stuff. But ultimately, the, the government wasn't respected enough. And I think there is a correlation between, in Australia, maybe not so much now, Scott Morrison is, is highly regarded by his people. And then Jacinta in New Zealand is hugely regarded. There's almost an element of respect to, to your government leaders as much as you would then agree to do what they're saying. Yeah, like, of course, I'm going to listen to him. Yeah. He knows what he's on about. And in the UK, like... He's a bit of a bumbler. Bar Boris was laughing stop. Nah, Theresa May was a fucking laughing stop. Yeah. Like, when was the last Good time... Good though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, when was the last time people were truly proud of their Prime Minister? Yeah, I can't remember. Tony Blair? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, spitting image was around when he was around, so you fuck Tony Blair. I don't even know any of those around that. Gordon Brown. Gordon Brown. John Major, because he was in spitting image grey. Yeah, like it, it, and you just think to yourself, like, we, we could have done more. And someone said to me a couple of weeks ago, uh, because I've got vested interest in events because I'm running them, there are a lot of people that didn't want to see events go or happen, mostly because mm. they're bitter little cunts that, that mm. people are going to actually start doing stuff. Mm. I said to people, I was like, are you stupid? Like, people are not going home after these socially distanced pubs. You, oh, the fuck. For the last, what, it's a few months, People go there, they're like, excuse me, sir, wear your mask to go for a piss. I'm like, fuck off, I'm sat on the table next to someone. They go, but the scientific evidence shows that if you're... If you stand meters, up, you catch COVID. Yeah, but not even that, <laughs> two metres away. And then they're like, you got to wear your mask when you have a piss or whatever. I was saying to people like... Oh, by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we went to the, a service station a while ago and Mac Reader, producer Mark, went for a piss. Do you know when you stand in the urinal? And spat. With a mask on. <laughs> All over his own face. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were talking about this. Like, I can't remember the last time I had a piss in the urinal. I didn't spit in the urinal. It's quite a difficult thing to do. It's probably like Pavlov's dog. You've conditioned yourself so much to do it. <laughs> Man, it's unbelievable. He said, I'm just spat all over your face. <laughs> to the point about the, the guy. Yeah, sorry, man. Sorry, bro. Sorry. But like, I was saying, people are just going back and having house parties. Right, people are, and you've got to be so fucking naive to think that people aren't. So you've got maybe, even if it's only 12, 15 people in a house, they shut all the windows because they don't want any air circulation because noise will get out. Yeah. People are like, oh, events are going to fuck the country. You're like, fuck off. People are doing this anyway. It's just going on behind closed We're doors. We're going to have to cover what region that regional accent that was in a second. And it sounded like Leeds, that one, actually. That one's a bit Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah Yorkshire. Bit, yeah. Barnsley. Big, yeah. The Barnsley. Also, how was Friday? <laughs> We started this off. How was Friday? Were you nervous? Uh, not really. Why not? I only, uh, I get, first of all, when I get there, I want to make sure everything from a technical standpoint, projectors working, yeah, got my clicker, yeah, yeah. everything's on charge, yeah. iPads charged, whatever. Yeah. Then we have fun before the event. And I don't like having too much fun because I don't yeah. want to fatigue myself. Yes. Like, I'm sure you're well aware, like, you want to give all your energy yeah. at the right time. Yeah. Even to the point, I had some friends backstage, and London's always a tough one because you've got most of your mates there. Mm -hmm. And like there was a point where I said say to my friends, like, fuck off. I mm -hmm. just leave there and myself. Because we got an hour till we go out. We just don't want to fucking have people around. We just want to sit and chill. Yeah, yeah. 
event went incredibly well, uh, both sides of it. Do you know what? I had a couple of gin and tonics on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And when I was looking at the iPad, I was a fraction of a second slower reading just to check my cues. Really? Friday, I was like, I'm not drinking. So like, I didn't drink the whole of the event. Yeah. I couldn't believe the effect of like one or two gin and tonics. And so probably the rest of the tour now, I do it completely sober. And yeah, it just went really well. The crowd, When's the tour finish? Here? Uh, September. I think it finishes in Newcastle. Yeah. Which um, also just happens to be my birthday. Shut up. Yeah. Well, we'll go out after. Yeah, there we'll go. There we'll go. It's been, um, it's, it's fucking crazy because let's say September, pretty much nearly November when I released the book. Yeah. 10 months later. So we had to push everything Still back. doing the tour. I tell you what's genius as well is that we put the tickets on sale in the middle of lockdown. Yeah. And everyone's like, where the fuck are you selling ticket events? Well, mate, do you know, I love that this has blew up. Not just because you're my mate, but because you have took, like, they're, all that tour thing is a fucking risk. You know what I mean? Like, there's not many people who are saying, we're going to go and fucking do this. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's so many, there's so many big companies and there's even so many great speakers and even comedians in that who are like, oh, we'll just stay behind Zoom. You know what I'm saying? But now it's a very tough time to sell tickets. So, so we put the tickets on really audaciously, maybe what, like Christmas last year. Yeah. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Yeah. But no one else is selling tickets. So you sell yeah. the tickets and we say to people, if we change the date or it's postponed, you can't make the new date, we'll refund you. Yeah. We had a venue contact us saying, have you told people your new dates? And we said, yeah. They said only 1% of people have refunded. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay. They were like, the industry average is 10 to 20% on a date mm-hmm. change. And I was like, well, they must want to fucking come to the tour. <laughs> so even though some of the events we pushed back twice, 98% of people kept their tickets. So That's crazy. That's, that that's in insane. itself is amazing. But yeah. now... The last couple of weeks, there's been real uncertainty for events, COVID, pandemic, all of this shit. Yeah. And like um, across a huge like array of different events, people aren't buying tickets. But now that the restrictions have lifted, the comedians, the people, the clubs, they're like, oh, let's go on tour. Or they'll see what we did on Friday and they'll be like, let's go out. But they're now in a very competitive space with massive uncertainty. They kind of fucked it a bit by leaving it so late. Yeah. And, and they're all wanting a book venues yeah. at the same fucking time in as short a time frame as possible and our venues are, have got this power trip you know like how many holiday destinations have got a power trip now oh you want to come to Casa de la Bifa <laughs> so does every cunt from your country but do you know what's funny I think that in the last lockdown I mean I, mate I got somehow I got three holidays last year I went to fucking Tenerife I went to fucking Corfu and I went to Dubai last year which is mad I'm sure that some of those countries were fucking lying about the numbers. I mean, no one was going to Greece still last year. Well, the Greece fucking fell on its arse. And then last summer, every cunt went to Greece. I was like, surely these are lying about the numbers. And it's mad and everyone went there. There was just Portugal as well. Those are people who went to Portugal. I'm like, these, who's fucking lying about these? Do you know what I mean? How can these have such low numbers that everyone's now going there on holiday? It's, it's crazy because you the, the powers that be have got full control over whether or not they... Release the numbers. Yeah, release yeah, the numbers. Yeah. Like, so you've got like political kind of influence from that. And not only that, like it, it's still bullshit that people are reporting the numbers. What do we as a nation, you're told to wear a mask, uh, wash your hands, wash your hands as well. You know, people should be doing that. But this whole hand sanitizer shit, right? It's an airborne fucking disease that goes in your lungs or up your nose. Is there a chance you could get it on your hands and... Do it, yeah, but it comes from people breathing in rooms. Yeah. Walking into shopping centres and having compulsory hand sanitizer. I'm like, fuck off. 
I, most of them stink like shit. I hate their compulsory shit. And yeah. they, um, but what I do is uh, when they like go to put it in my hands, I start rubbing them already going, thank you. And just walk past and they're not really sure. <laughs> They've done like, it so many times. Yeah, they're yeah. like, what? Did I, did I do that? But like um, once people have got their safe practices, the only reason they report numbers is like fear mongering. Yeah. And although I agree with some of the fear mongering, like there's uh, a few stories this week, like of people in hospital embarrassed they didn't get vaccinated. Anti-vaxxers that are in ICU. They're like, oh, I should have got the vaccine. They're like, these people are begging for the vaccine as they die. And part of me is like, oh, I quite, I like that propaganda because it backs up my bias. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of the news, I, I, I try Are you to... getting a lot of shit off the anti-vaxxers? Not really, because I think a lot of them have come around. Already fucked off. You know, like, it, they, they've never got strong arguments. And I think there's so much uncertainty. And I mean. Well, I think they were probably vegan as well. And they've all, which means they're already not following you. <laughs> You know sorry yeah that's just got me lots of people unfollowed <laughs> but then even a lot there are I'd love to know the percentage of vegans that are not really doing it for the ethical standpoint they're doing it as part of like a, a crusade of you know being better than people yeah like a virtue yeah. like kind of chasing yeah I saw a really interesting breakdown of uh, the side effects from the vaccine and some of them are quite scary but when they did large controlled trials on the vaccine they then stacked up the percentages of the side effects for people that had it and the people that didn't. Mm -hmm. And the percentages of the horrible side effects are very similar in both. So say some people ended up with like tremors and really bad, like fucking severe conditions. Some people that had the placebo also got those. Being a human being, very bad things can happen to you by chance. Like Bell's palsy, for, for instance. One of my clients got Bell's palsy in the gym just from being stressed. Is that what your face starts to change? Side of his face just collapsed. Yeah, one of my clients recently just kind of got over it and it's it's a life-changing condition she did a video every single day and it, uh, it was mad the change okay the, he was one of my most influential pt clients and he comes in and he goes james i've got two million pound in my bank account in my current account and i can't fucking use one side of my face like and he said he would he like his eye wouldn't stop watering mm -hmm. for months and so you can imagine that these things can happen to people normally if you had the vaccine a week before you're going to think it was the vaccine. Yeah. And then you're going to go on Instagram and go, hey guys, I don't mean to, you know, put you up putting the vaccine, but I had it last week and my face has collapsed. Yeah. Those posts spread like wildfire. Yeah. You have cardiac arrest, random adult death syndrome. People die from random adult death syndrome. Mm -hmm. You get that, but you had the vaccine a week before. Considering you've just vaccinated 70 million people, yeah. a lot of these stories are going to spread like wildfire and people are going to go, I don't want the vaccine because my face might collapse. Mm -hmm. I don't want the vaccine or I might die. I don't want the vaccine or I have this. And you've got to, it's only when you see that in the control groups. And a friend of mine works in a hospital in Sydney. And she was saying that the people that have the placebo are kicking off like, oh my God, I've never felt like this before. And they're there. They can't let on and tell them about the placebo because we're in the experiment. Fucking hell. It's, it's mad, isn't it? So like, that's wild. It is confirmation bias. If you're sat in a camp where you think that you're worried about the vaccine, all you need to do is look for stories that back it up. Yeah. And it's very difficult for people to think that millions of people are in a better position from it. And I said this to Alima as well. The death of one is a tragedy. The death of millions is a statistic. That's why when you watch uh, adverts for donating money to Africa, it's not about a million people that are broke. It's about one person. One person yeah. They take the one person and they yeah. tell their story. Yeah. Because if you see one person that's had an adverse side effects to, to, a, you know, to a placebo or to a vaccine, you can't fathom or compare that to... 30 million people that are now at a much lower risk of dying from COVID. Yeah.
Yeah. Well, it makes it more personal, yeah. Mm. Makes it more personal. Funny enough, there was a... Did you see Joe Rogan's post yesterday when he was on the fucking... Oh, with the Twin Towers. The Twin the Towers. Back. I read a few of the... That was an entertaining comments section. But that's... That some people were saying that, like, listen, you've, you, you've... I'm sorry for your loss and that, but this actually wasn't a joke about people dying. I but, thought he'd get cancelled for posting that. I thought... And funny enough, I went to show Mac it today, or, or the guy here, and I was like, I didn't think it'd still be up. But this is the thing. I really admire Joe Rogan for his uncancelable nature because, you know, at the end of the day, what they can do, even if you've got a drop from UFC, Dana's not going to drop him. Dana's going to be like, fuck off. Like, you know what I mean? Like, And he's not, it wouldn't matter that much to him, I'm sure, anyway. Dana and Joe are good friends, yeah. I, I imagine. And yeah. also, Joe Rogan's commentary is, is so important to the UFC because of that. But yeah. this is what I hate about any comedic kind of content where whoever created that meme and sent it to him mm-hmm. or that picture isn't trying to mock the deaths of the people that died in 9-11. Trying to mock Joe? Trying to mock Joe by saying, no matter what tragic event would happen, Joe Rogan would comment afterwards. Because Conor McGregor broke his leg, should not have done a uh, post-fight interview. And uh, he's there with a microphone in his face. And then there's another one with Jesus on the cross. Now again, Jesus on the cross, that isn't quite so offensive. Like, you know... Some people are oh, it's a fictitious character, other people, yeah. whatever. And like I'm sure a few Christians are like, oh, this is insensitive. Yeah. But the 9-11, yes, thousands of people died. It was tragic. But you know, they he wasn't making fun of that. No one was making fun of the people that died. They were making fun of really, really, really bad situation that rocked the world. Joe Rogan interviewing them after. And yeah. I hate that we've lost this, you know, ability. You know, it must be hard joke. being a comedian these days. It must be quite fucking hard being a comedian. I'm sure comedians that were even around. 10 years ago, can't even make jokes now. Do you remember um, The Inbetweeners? Yes. I watched that recently and there's a bit that's like, oh, Neil's, Neil's dad, Thumder, Bender. And then like, they'll do something and then Jay will be like, oh, gay. Yeah. And like, or even yes. uh, actually in Afterlife as well, one of Ricky Gervais's characters, his dad with dementia. So I really love you, dad. Gay. Oh, he's class. And like, people find that funny. It's got nothing to do with offending uh, homosexuals or like or, or people that are gay that, that they've missed the joke there again but when you watch these now you look back and you go well you couldn't say that oh, mate, some of it's mad and some of it's crazy in fact the bomber thing Chris Ramsey got thrown off fucking sock AM for saying something about bombing your dad or something got thrown off and that, that was actually quite a while ago but now I'm thinking fuck me nothing's like it must be very difficult to come up with jokes where you think I've seen, uh, I can today, actually say that today on Instagram you've now got a sensitive content filter dude I saw that let's talk about that let's, so, shoot, let's shoot that so now I could be fucked nah I'll be fine mate. so basically the powers that be there's a few things that annoyed me with like Instagram well the first one they, they buckled to was about the pronouns so yeah they, with the pronouns I believe there's like 70 maybe more different pronouns now and uh, the reason that people started putting them in their bios was to create a safer environment for trans populations mm-hmm. to put their pronouns mm-hmm. because it can be a very daunting situation, I'm sure, for people that have had gender transition to be misgendered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I suppose there's malice misgender and there's accidental misgender. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's malice, that is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Like someone, you know, not regarding your personal situation. But then there are accidental ones. I still think we should have a bit of leeway where you would say, oh, madame, and they go, excuse me, I'm a man. I do apologize, sir. Can you come this way or whatever it is? Yeah. But then every cooperation saw this. Sometimes you still make that mistake where you call someone mate. Or, it's a woman. Okay. I get, I get that all the time. I send an email and they open the line and say mate. And I get loads of emails back saying, don't call me mate. 
Even women, when, I'm like, what? Why I get, can't I get comments and they won't make clear? Like, you know, it might say like, I don't know, uh, mad about rabbits as an Insta tag. I'm like, oh, bro, sorry about that. And they'll be like, don't call me bro. I'm a woman. And I was like, oh, how are you supposed to tell what that stupid Instagram name is? Well? It's not even your name on the Instagram. And you got like a cartoon in there. So I think a lot of corporations then were like, right, Hinge, put in pronouns. Tinder, put in pronouns. LinkedIn, put in pronouns. Then Instagram came and put that in. And when you look at what percentage of the population around the world or Instagram users are trans, you realize that this is a big movement for a small population of people. And that doesn't make it wrong or right. Yeah. But, you know, we, we haven't seen this for very other, you know, small populations of people. Mm-hmm. And um, then that, that kind of came. And when it was like, hey, do you want to add a pronoun to your bio? I did feel like that's almost like virtue signaling from businesses. Yeah. Like businesses like, hey, we may make billions of dollars a year, but we want to make sure that you guys feel, you know, included. Like, yeah. um, and every business kind of folds for that. But then the second bit here, this sensitivity filter. Obviously, you know, they're like, oh, a few people are offended online. We don't want people offended on our platform because mm-hmm. at Instagram, we're here to deliver perfect or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So you got now whether or not you limit, everyone automatically was put on a slight limit of offensive content. Do you think this? Do you think this whole uh, on all this racist abuse has contributed to that? Maybe because that's that's the, the the Premier League in particular being going after the fucking and the FA have been going after the 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 social media platforms saying you gotta be doing more, you gotta be doing more. Do you think that's linked to it? Well, I am. Um, I put this uh, in my post today. I said, "Hey guys, by the way." Maybe me calling you people cunts is going to stop me from appearing on your newsfeed. Since yeah. the update, my story views significantly dropped. Really? Yeah. So whether or not it's swearing, you know, and again, it's pretty pathetic. People are offended by swearing. Mm-hmm. So I put that out there and someone goes, oh my God, as if the same guy who told us that we should have verification for social media is saying that we shouldn't be censored. And I was like, yeah, verification and censorship are very different. And mm-hmm. where people are going after racists, I think there should be some element of verification. Yes, me too. Car next door, which I use in Australia. If I want to borrow someone's car, I have to upload my driving license and ID and a passport so that if I steal the fucking car, I can be held liable for it. Now, with Twitter and with Instagram, even if at first... Mate, I can't even... Go, you know them Cine World cards? Yeah. They won't even let me in without fucking showing that anymore. Well, you book it in advance, like, you got your card. I'm like, oh, fucking hell. Just to prove you're not taking the piss. Well, the, and it has to have a photo on it now? Well, it's imagine if, if social media, even you could... There are so many levels to this where you go, look, you don't need any verification until you have a misdemeanor or several misdemeanors. If your comments are reported three times mm-hmm. for being inappropriate or whatever, mm-hmm. we now need verification from you for these three misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. Now, when you conduct yourself on social media, please know that your government are aware of your uh, identification. And if you travel to other states, they will too. Because then you could take these people who made these racist or inappropriate comments or whatever it is. It's not that people can find other people. So that if the state needs to step in the same way it would with anything else. I got arrested when I was 13. I know my fingerprints are still kept. I didn't get convicted for anything. I know the fucking police have still got my fingerprints, right? Cool. It's part of the parcel, you know. You get arrested, they get your data. Is that why you came with my gloves on? What's that? Is that why you came with my gloves on? It's got super glue on the end of his fingertips. Well, I mean, I don't see why the problem is with this. and I, It can't I, be that hard. Like, and it can't cost them money. Because that's what I'm like. I'm like, how could it? Why would they not do it? And again, surely it can't cost them money. That's the only reason why they wouldn't do it. It could make Because it might cost them money. It can make the internet a safer place for people to use it. 100%. And, I, and people think it's very authoritarianism. And they said, oh, it's funny that, you know, you think 
verification is okay, but censorship isn't. And I was like, look, people should be allowed to swear. And again, my content is now getting hidden from people that follow me. Do you know how fucking crazy That's that crazy. is? Yeah. Someone goes, hey, I like what you have to say. I'm going to follow your page. Mm-hmm. Oh, but now Instagram goes, we know you want to hear from him, but he swears. He called someone a cunt. Did you know this? He mentioned the vaccine. Yeah. And again, like a lot of people say, oh, but. Did you know he eats his burger and then eats his vegetables? Yeah, exactly. That's the weirdest thing I've. Yeah. I talked to someone about this the other day and I mentioned you. What burger? Did you know James Smith, when he gets a Nando's, eats the chicken first, then eats the vegetables? Yeah, bit by bit. Macho peas and creamy mash. Here you go. Oh, my. Do you like creamy mash? Yeah. No way. Yeah, I put the bees on top of it. Only if I'm like dieting or bored of shit. If I eat chips, I feel like a dirty. Dirty little prick. Yeah. If I've had chips and I've trained <laughs> twice that day, I'll have it. Or That's if it's fine. dinner or I'm yeah. over. But if I'm looking Monday, Tuesday, and I'm having a little Nando's, I'm not having chips on a Monday or Tuesday. Mate, it's the order that I'm worried about. But the, here you go. Right. This is something I, I explained to Duran. Duran goes for double chicken pitta. So so would I. I think there's too much chicken in that pitta. I'll take one of the chickens out. Well, let me change. But this is where I'm at, okay? I go for a single chicken pitta twice. So there's two Ooh, pitters, you are. two chicken breasts. From a price point, right? It's like seven quid for one. Yeah. It's like eight, nine quid for two. It's yeah. like 12 quid for two completely separate pitters. Then I drop the pitter and hummus from the starter. Mm-hmm. Same price. I get to enjoy what I want to eat twice over. And a pitter's only 150 cows. Exactly. Bit of coleslaw. Jeez, bro. And then suddenly someone's you, like chips. That's just melt with me head. Someone's like, do you want chips? Not tonight. I'm not eating like a cunt. And I've got two chicken pitters there. A couple of olives, Diet Coke. Jeez. There you go. What are you saying about pineapple and chicken pitter? You know what? If people want to put pineapple and stuff, it's fine. <laughs> I, do you know what I hate, right? I hate, I hate smelly shit chat. And sorry to target all of women, but a lot of women, me and my mates, we have, we have fun. Like, I'm not even proactive on Hinge, but I'll go on it and I'll screen record just to, like me and my mates in Sydney, the boys that live there are... are What's Hinge? Uh, it's like a dating app. It's like it's like the new Tinder. All right, it's the new Tinder. But my mates that live in Sydney are virgins. Like they're not really, but they're just shit chat, whatever. Yeah. So we use the app sometimes, and we like we'll just see what's like the smelliest chat we can come across and send it to each other. Yeah. Not being mean. Yeah. But like just like oh my god, look at this, whatever. But anyway, um, a lot of girls on there like they. So you get pictures mm-hmm. to describe yourself, mm-hmm. and then you can also have like little cues. My most irrational fear is the wooden spoon inside a lollipop. Or they'll go, my most controversial opinion is pineapple on pizza. You've been, is Leslie on there? <laughs> <laughs> she fucking hates them wooden things. Well, maybe The wooden is. things in a lolly, she hates She it. might have an alias. But, uh, <laughs> so when people are on there, I'm like, this is your way to start an open conversation with someone that you ideally want to have sex with. Yeah. How is pineapple on pizza controversial? It's called a fucking Hawaiian. It's in every single pizza place. Every single pizza place, are we going to keep a pineapple on hand? Of course they're going to keep a fucking pineapple on hand in case someone wants a Hawaiian. Like, do you not understand the levels, how smelly that is for chat? Someone's going, front me, she's got banner. Why is that? Because her most controversial opinion is pineapple on fucking pizza. <laughs> like, so... I think she lives, laughs and loves as well. Yeah, exactly. I think she lives, laughs and loves. I'm looking for someone who loves dogs. Like... <laughs> What, what? Who the fuck like goes out? My name's Dave. I hate dogs. Like no one. Like absolutely no one. It's the worst. And this is concerning as well, mate. To be fair, I'm not a dog man. Am I? But do you? Hate, I tell you, I'm, but, I don't hate them. Yeah, I hate cats or no, assholes. As long as you don't hate cats, them. are fucking assholes. If you look at a cat, like irrespective of size, when they look at you, you know that if they were bigger, they'd eat you and kill you. They look at you like they don't like you. Yeah. 
even on the one food. And I, I guarantee you, if that cat could increase its size 15-fold, it would go, all right, you're dead. Uh, but then, and they'd still, stick your, they'd still stick their arsehole in your face first. Yeah, exactly. That's the love doing that, eh? Here's my arsehole. The other thing that I, <laughs> while I'm on a rant about dating apps, <laughs> you know, um, I'm sure people have had selfies with you before at events, and they go Snapchat and use a filter. I love it, mate. I love a selfie, I love it. Yeah, but not when they use fucking Snapchat filters. I don't yeah. know what that... So basically, they use a filter. Does it make you look better? Yeah. Yeah. I'm all right with that. Like blurs your face. <laughs> and you've seen this, right? Jews hinge. And like when you're on it, you see girls now at the moment, they're like, uh, the, the amount of them that have got face tune. Um, oh, yeah. Or Mate, I have been on Instagram and I've been on a school run. And I'm like, Leslie, it'll actually be Leslie looking through her Instagram or her Facebook. I'm like, who's that? She's like, oh, so and so's mom. I'm like, that's fucking not so and so's mom. That's not fucking Charlie's mom, that. It's fucking false advertising. And it's unbelievable. It Aye, it's and unbelievable. And some people, like, even when they story, they use the same filter every time. Yeah. And I'm Is like, Tyson Fury's quite bad for that. Like, did you notice he? that? I went through this little phase of, he's, he had his eyes, like, bright blue or something. Like, I get it for, like, banter or a joke or everything. Yeah. Then, but people, if you live seeing that as your reflection, you'll start to believe it's true. Yeah. And then you see yourself in the mirror and you'll be disheartened, like... Unless what? you use that filter with the, you know, the one with the floppy nose. I fucking love that one, me. Do you not see the, the issues, though, with people using oh, that totally. to identify themselves on a dating app where you literally are just trying to show people who you yeah. are to try and find a companion? Yeah. Like, that's fucked. But like, then they're fucked by the... Surely you're fucked on the first date. Yeah. They're, they're gonna, you're going to get you're found gonna, out. Who's that? Who? Or they're going to have to wear that's a makeup you. to try and mimic yes. the filter that they use. Yeah. And I think that, again... If you're a business owner or, or whatever, if you're having to cover your fucking face in a bid to, you know, it, that's not okay. Yeah. Just be yourself. Yeah. Like, what are you saying about guys using makeup? Uh, so, You've seen these ads for this fucking, and, and the worst part is they call it war paint. So I uh, had makeup first time going on TV. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's a bit, you know. And uh, afterwards, I was like, this looks amazing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like to reduce a bit of forehead shine, we you know you're going to be on set. Or yeah, on TV. yeah, yeah. It's actually quite nice. Yeah. But then I, they go, do you want me to take the makeup off? I'm like, no, I'll go home and record a video. But it becoming a, a regular thing. Like, what are you saying about on a night out, guys, put makeup on? I'm not having it. Mate, it's, it's pretty bad. I'm not having it. It's, and again, just be yourself. And imagine if you've probably seen this at events where you hug a girl and then someone's like, what's that on your top? And they're all like cheek of makeups like left on your collar or something like that. Mate, I'm still dealing with that thing that you do where you put your deodorant on, put your t-shirt on, you get, I, I fucking hate that. Deodorant coming in. Oh, I hate it. Do you know what I mean? I hate it. But it's, um, yeah, <laughs> it, to me, like, I'm not actually a massive fan of makeup. I can understand why people wear it, but like too much is an issue. Guys wearing it is probably a bit of an issue. Like, where, where can we not just draw the line at owning what you have? Mm-hmm. And if you've got a couple of spots, you know, first of all, just own it. You know, I've got a spot. Like, what, you never had a spot before? Suck out. And then, again, if, if you are getting spotty all the time, maybe go see a doctor or sort your diet out or get more sunlight or, mm-hmm. you know, take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, you get asked about your hair a lot, don't you? Yeah, I, I get shit about my hair all the time. People I don't say, think it's... People say I'm going bald. I've been having this for 10 years. I've got a big forehead. And I probably will recede as I get older. But like, a lot of rugby players have big foreheads, though. I've noticed that before. I'm about to blow your mind. So... I know why. You can't blow me my more than fucking double chicken, <laughs> pinning the double chicken bit off. <laughs> so the characteristics for high levels of testosterone, yeah, deep voice, facial hair, male pattern balding, uh, big shoulders, traps, development, uh, muscle mass, aggression. These are all like... Stiffy in the morning. Yeah. And then if you take loads of testosterone, you get 
your shoulders and uh, traps blow up. Yeah. That's where you got most like androgen receptors, they're called. So testosterone, women find attractive in a male, all of it. And when I say aggression, it's not just like, oh, you want to fight. It's like, going to get up, do this podcast, do this, smash this, whatever. It's purpose in it. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, like in spring, when the sun first starts coming out, you're like, right, okay, let's fucking have it in life. Let's shaggy misses more, whatever. I mean, that's what you like on holiday. Yeah. Whenever I'm on a holiday, I'm a fucking walking stiffy. More. Which is a problem with two sunlight, kids. More vitamin D, which is a precursor <laughs> to testosterone. Now, growth hormone, uh, again, is indicative of shoulder to waist ratio. Yeah. Big shoulder, small waist. Also, forehead and jaw. Big forehead, big jaw. So if you look at action heroes that mm-hmm. are depicted mm-hmm. in cartoons, they've always got massive forehead. Massive Johnny jaw. Bravo. Johnny Bravo, Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even in American Dad, uh, even in Family <laughs> Guy, the characters, <laughs> the ways that cartoons depict high-level growth hormone, massive forehead. Look at Jamie Roberts, Welsh center, fucking massive. Yeah, that's the a, biggest forehead in the that's world. That's a napper. Right, so yeah. um, people then think rugby players have got big foreheads, but you could argue that people with high levels of growth hormone play rugby, people that have high levels of testosterone play rugby. Yeah. If you were to take a sample of 100 rugby players in the UK, you've got big shoulders, they're dense, they've got muscle mass, yeah. they've got big foreheads, big jaws, big bone structures. Big quads. And, and big shoulder to waist ratios. Yeah. So I then believe that most people that have those attributes go to school to participate in sports. They're shit at football and not playing rugby because they're good at rugby. <laughs> but they didn't pick their sport, their sport picked them. That's interesting. If you are, you know, if you lack testosterone and you haven't got much muscle mass and you therefore don't respond when you do gym training, mm-hmm. you'll probably end up doing running because it's a sport that favors your build. Mm. And again, with swimmers, uh, you you put 100 people in a swimming pool, the five top body types for swimming will enjoy it the most because they're the best at it. Yeah. So when yeah. people go, oh, you, you've got big shoulders because you're a swimmer, now you swim because you've got big shoulders. What are you listening to right now? <laughs> Sorry, this is the third time. I <laughs> uh, listen to it. Just, Sorry, just so you explain, just so I can explain, we've recorded that particular question three times. I know that James is going to say attached. And don't know the author. And he doesn't know who the author is. Uh, How was it? Yeah, it was, it was quite insightful. So uh, Shona, one of my exes, did a podcast with her. She mm-hmm. sat down and she goes, you need to read this. Yeah. And uh, it's about attachment styles with intimacy. Okay. So you have anxious, avoidant, and secure. Mm-hmm. Now, most of the people in the dating pool are going to be avoidant or anxious yeah. because all the secure people are in relationships. So uh, if you get... The, it's, and considering that most secure people are in relationships long-term... Also, they're probably not looking... Anyone that's not in a relationship probably isn't going out exactly. looking for someone else to give them security. So if you look at the people that have got a failed history of failed relationships, they're usually anxious or avoidant. Mm-hmm. Now, putting anxious and avoidant together is really bad because uh, of just the way they react. Now, I'm avoidant. Mm-hmm. I have tendencies for some of the anxious parts, but I'm very avoidant. And I see intimacy as giving up freedoms. Mm-hmm. Now, I need my own space. And after reading this book, I realized my most successful relationships have been with girlfriends that don't live near me. Mm-hmm. So I saw a girl that lived two and a half hours away and never had problems. And then I dated a girl in Norway. And we'd just go see each other. Like she'd come to London, I'd go there. But she played rugby for the Norwegian national team. So we'd play in Dubai, Copenhagen. Uh, we'd be like in Sweden. She'd be like, oh, cool, I'll see you in Dubai. Then I'll see you in Copenhagen. Then I was like, why don't you come to London? Then I'll come to Norway. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I got to have my space to be me. But then I got to have space to be with yeah. her as well. Yeah. So then a lot of the time, an anxious person wants reassurance that they're loved. So they will yes. then often act in something called protesting behavior where they'll create like an argument or an issue for no apparent reason. It's often nothing to do with the thing they're saying they're arguing about. They'll do it, but the avoidant will then just back off and be like, oh, you're doing my head in. So then 
the more the anxious person creates a fuss to get the attention of the avoidant, the avoidant backs off more. Mm. And this is where the relationship starts to break down. Mm. Because the more, I've had this actually with quite a lot of girls that I date, the more crazy they start acting, the more I'm like, I can't be fucking dealing with this. Now, that was a problem five, ten years ago. Now that I've got so much work, things I could be doing in my spare time, that I can function very well on my own. I, when you do the questionnaire in the book, it's like, do you like going on holiday on your own? I was like, yes. <laughs> and then like, when I do the score, it's like, you are fucking avoidant. Uh, because I have so much else going on in my life, I'm becoming ultra avoidant to the point I needed to read the book and understand why I'm becoming like this. I was just going to say, what the fuck are you going to do about it then? Well, it's very difficult. First of all, I need to identify when I find someone if they're anxious or they have anxious tendencies. Yeah. If they're avoidant, it will just fizzle out after a few dates, yeah. a couple of bangs. Because yeah. <laughs> neither one of us could be fucked to yes. like, do anything with it. Yeah. And finding a secure person is very difficult. But when you, are, when you first interact with a secure person, there's not the fireworks like there is with an anxious person. Mm. Because when the, uh, both of you pretty much, when you're not matched for each other, you get very excited. It's probably a real different energy as well. It is, yeah. yeah. When, you, when you come across someone secure, they can often seem like quite boring. Mm-hmm. and you can overlook them and go, oh, this doesn't feel like XX. It doesn't feel like they're attracted to you or about either. Yeah, because they're yeah. quite chilled. They're yeah. not chasing you. Yeah. They're not like, and that, that honeymoon period when you're with someone anxious, they want to see you all the time. You want to see them all the time. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so often it's that misconception that if there aren't fireworks when you meet someone, they could be a perfect compatible mm-hmm. partner, which is why, you know, most people that are in successful relationships, they probably met through some kind of like neutral, they work together or it was a friend's friend or they sat next to someone at a wedding or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's really given me like a new light of the dating pool as yeah. well. Yeah. And I'm 32 now. How old are you when you had your first kid? For 20, 31. Okay. 31, Max is 10. I'm 41 this year, so. So uh, there's. Now it's 30. I was 31, Max is born. And in my mind, I think like 30 to 35 is probably the prime time. Yeah. But then I want to be with someone for probably a couple of years before I put a baby in them. Mm-hmm. So like now I'm like, oh, James, you probably got to take that part of your life a bit more serious. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I'll end up being the mate out of the group who's got the most money and the most followers, but with no family, no wife. Yeah. I'm probably sniffing myself inside out each weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. But having to do with just... really young people because all your mates have grown up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, yeah. A, that's a terrible yeah. thing to say. Yeah, or just, but like I, I think I'm wise enough to appreciate that being 40 and fucking 22-year-old models probably isn't, you know, that's pleasure. It's not happiness. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah. you know, even snorting lines off a model's ass in Vegas, that's pleasure, but it's not happiness. Mm-hmm. Having a missus at home who looks banging without any makeup on and rocks around the house in lemon leggings giving me shit mm-hmm. and me having an argument with her and then, you know, having sex with her before bed and that that's happiness you know? yeah, yeah that's the smell that fart and that yeah yeah, yeah. like just that that's the kind of thing so like in my mind i'm always conscious of that and i had to realize that although i banter about it's always their fault yeah like you know fix and growth mindset yeah Harold Dweck, you read that yeah i'm very if you said james we need to make 10 grand in the next hour mm-hmm. i'm like easy let's do this yeah but then in a relationship especially being avoidant when something goes wrong i'm very fixed in my ways and it's always their fault mm-hmm. They need to go, fuck you. So like, it, it's one of those things where I've got to kind of change my mindset around it. Mm-hmm. But discovering the issue is half the problem. Yeah. yeah. Right now, you're probably, you're busy as fuck, right? Well, I, I definitely have enough time for a serious relationship. Definitely, 100%. I have a lot of downtime. 
And downtime is always a bit better when you've got someone to do it with. Yes. Watching a film on your own is fucking depressing. Watching a film with someone else, even if you've just had a big argument, it's better. Yeah. But there's the excuse that you're busy and all of this stuff. But ultimately as well, there's a bit of turmoil in my life where I'm living in the UK. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live in the UK. Mm-hmm. I want to live in Australia. Mm-hmm. I've got two problems. One, it's cold there and it's fucking locked down. Two, I don't have a visa. I signed off a tax bill the other day. They wanted $126,000. Right, let's call it 70 grand. And I'm just about to send that off. And I'm like, these cunts won't even let me live there. I'm paying this as a tax resident. I thought you paid tax here. In Australia, all things JSA. So for the last four years, I've been paying staggering amounts of tax in Australia as a tax resident. They but can't live there. They won't let me live there. So I'm, and then I applied for PR like a year ago. Yeah. And they say it could take two years. Shit. So like, I'm in the UK. I don't want to meet anyone here because I don't want to live here. Yeah. I certainly don't want me going back towards taking them wondering if they like it, yeah, if they yeah, want to yeah. stay there, if they want to go on a partner. I don't want any of that shit. Yeah. So then by the time I probably get back to Australia, I'm 33. I still might not have PR at that point. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, there's all that kind of stuff. But like you say, Friday, amazing. Start the roundhouse, all of that. But there's times that I've, I've got to start working on kind of personal situations mm-hmm. and stop hiding behind the guys of being busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many times do people say they're too busy for shit? And then I fucking spend. You know what? Sometimes, mate, if I'm in a room full of people, I probably ask this at my show. I'll put a, I'll, I'll say who's busy. Everyone will put their hand up. Everyone put. I'm very busy, but I'm busy doing shit that I love. I think everyone's. You can always find a. But like I say, everyone will put their hand up saying they're busy. And it's, it's running your own business as well. But you are busy, but you're busy doing shit that you like to do as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But then even training. You don't have to do any of it. I call jiu-jitsu, oh, I'm busy, I'm training twice a day. People are like, you're fucking training like a full-time athlete. Like, yeah. no wonder you feel busy. But then again, there's times where if I have a couple of coffees and I'm on my phone, I'm just making shit happen. Yeah. And that can be addictive. And be it business success is very addictive. And I, I'm already in a very deep habit of replacing what should be personal, intimate time with business tasks. Mm. And like I say, if, if rather than looking at life as, you know, fame success you know mate that's it's, I'm glad you brought that point up because sometimes that can happen with these podcasts I remember the last time we came to London it was when Darren had just got back from the tour and, but I did a podcast with him but I felt like I hadn't seen him you know what I'm saying yeah so we did a podcast and then at the end of the day I was like I haven't seen Darren for about four or five months and I felt like I still hadn't seen him because you, cause you have that do you know what I'm saying like yeah. this is a bit of a crossover isn't it the last time I seen you I don't even think we took a photo or anything. No. You know, we did the Ramsey thing? Yeah. We didn't take a photo, there was no, no. video. Yeah. But that can happen, can't it? Yeah, because yeah. you, you end up being involved in the, the task rather than yeah. actually having deep conversations. Yeah. And like you end up, oh, it becomes more about the what you're doing yeah. rather than the kind of intimate yeah. side of things and talking about stuff. And I, I think it's, I always love talking about problems. It's not even really a fucking problem, but like I say this in the last three podcasts, like I see my life as a spider diagram where I've got business, finances, friendships, mm-hmm. family, and it goes around. And some parts of my diagram are massive, but other parts of them are quite small. It's like one of them old school life wheels, right? It is, yeah, yeah. exactly that. Yeah. And people become so obsessed over my part of the pie chart that's massive. Yeah. And this is why, you know, I'll, I'll never get too excited with any of that because you can't use your money and your followers to bulk up the other two parts, you know, intimate relationship, potential wife, all of these things. So, like, I'm always conscious. I mean, them two probably help, though. They help, but then again, it's they, could very also, fair, they could also hinder. They also hinder. So yeah. it's a very dysfunctional scene that I'm in where 
I, I said this to someone else the other day, like it, I'm nearly a million followers, including social media. Uh, if you put Facebook and Insta together, it's probably like, I don't know, 1.2 million. Yeah. If you look at the population in the UK, which is what, 70 million or something? Yeah, I thought, ask a million. Probably more. <laughs> uh, if you were Jimmy, to- Jimmy, pull that up. If, <laughs> considering the majority of my following, 70% of them call it 800,000. Yeah. My following are between 20 and 35. Yeah. You start breaking it down the numbers and you reduce all the old people and the, all the young people, something like one in 30 people in, in the UK will follow me at my age. One in 30. So that's any restaurant or bar I go into yeah. across the UK, chances are, if it's full, there's someone in there that follows me. Yeah. So then that is a hugely dysfunctional thing. How is that? What's that like? Is it a bit? It's fucking weird. Yeah. It's weird. Like, no, how many humans in history, fair enough, you've got millions of influencers that have got high followings now. Yeah. Before the internet, the internet's only, what, 20 years old? Before that, this never existed apart from TV. Yeah. Then before TV, that never existed. The yeah. human psychology isn't really designed to, or it hasn't evolved to handle this. We're still primates in, in my mind. So it's very strange that I've got hundreds of thousands of friends I've never met. Yeah. Yeah. You know how weird that is, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it makes dating kind of a bit weird. And then also for every... So 850,000 followers at the moment. For every 1,000 I gain, I lose 500. So my churn rate is huge. So even though now we're at 850, mm-hmm. that's 1.2 really because half of them have left. So again, you've got all of these things. Yeah, it's, it's hugely, it's just weird because going out, meeting people, it's not the same. I remember like a year ago, chatting to a girl in the bar and I said, oh, give me your number. Like, Sweet. Five, ten minutes later, I got one beer, came back. My group chat, some of the girls I know have screenshotted that in another group chat, they're like, oh, James just got this girl's number. I'm like, fucking hell, I haven't even texted her. Yeah. Like, I haven't even texted this girl. Yeah. And it's already in a girl's group chat yeah. in Sydney. And I was yeah. like, why? It, it, people get involved in your oh, business. Because she told... She told her friends straight away. Yeah. And then in a girl group chat. And then one of the girls was in my group chat and sent yeah. it around. And I'm like, fuck it. It makes it very strange. And then even other things like, if you look at the psychology of men and women, and this isn't really saying bad things about women, men are more, much more likely to be violent. Mm-hmm. So the majority of murders, murders, high percentage of murders are men. Mm-hmm. Women don't quite have the violent tendencies, mm-hmm. so they try to create and inflict harm in other ways. Yeah. The damage of reputation is yeah. probably the biggest one for women. Yeah. So because the women can't physically, well, they can in some cases, most of the time can't physically abuse you, maul you, or assault you, they will use damage of reputation. And that's an, that's an anxiety. Any sexual encounter I have with someone, they have the potential to ruin my life. Mm-hmm. And you have that as well, which again, didn't exist. At 27, I had my first selfie. I'm 32 yeah. now. Yeah. Up until that point in my life, I never had to worry about baby trap, yeah. d- damage of reputation. Yeah. And like what, lies travel faster than truth as well, yeah. right? Well, when I signed the contract with Harper Collins, um, there, was a, there was a clause in there that Luke said was the James Smith clause. <laughs> Leslie looked at the contract and I went to sign the contract and there was something about loss of reputation and I was like Leslie said can you ask Luke what that means and he was like oh that's the James clause <laughs> yeah and you know um, again it, the dysfunction can come from the past as well so uh, I uh, got an inbox from a girl she said hey James I'm in a, a young mum's group in a certain part of the world mm-hmm. This girl here is claiming to be your ex. Mm-hmm. So she screenshotted it, sent it to me. And the message said, uh, I used to date James Smith. He's now famous. Um, I'm thinking of selling a story to the local newspaper for money 
I'm not going to keep it for myself. I'll give it to my newly born son. Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah. Screenshot that. Who the fuck even? And like, we didn't end on the best of terms. Yeah. And I was like, oh, right, cool. Screenshotted it. Had lawyers at the ready. Yeah. I was like, the second if this goes out, she's getting fucking yeah. in a lot of trouble. Yeah. That's a lot of trouble. Yeah. And like, if you've just had a kid with your husband, you don't want to be getting sued for fucking defamation. Fuck you know man. what I mean? With evidence yeah. that you're... Did, there was a, there, did you see the one that... Have you seen the Wayne Rooney one yet? Oh, yeah, about like... Oh, the sleeping, the when he was asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some, someone, he's either necking on or someone's talking in his ear. Yeah. But once and then there's says, all that pic- there's pictures of him asleep. Yeah. And she's got no she's got no gear on, but he's got all his clothes on. Again, and like what the fuck's I, happening? I'm I, I saw it and I'm like, well, I don't it's weird. It's, it was very weird. It could be anything. It could be anything. And uh Darren said Darren's very good at clocking when people are taking pictures or videos of us. And he'll just shout, Come over if you want one. Yeah. But a lot of the time they're not always your fans. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they could be in threads on the internet and you know, starting things. Uh uh, Duran actually had a picture taken of him. We won't mention where it went on the internet. And uh, <laughs> it's him. Do I know? Have we talked about this yeah. before? Yeah, we've talked about it's this before. Duran with his arm yeah. around my best friend's fiance who's pregnant. Yeah. And the rumors online were that he was coercing young girls into, you know, doing Fucking shit. Fucking hell. Sat in a pub. I was like, shit. mate, she's pregnant. You can That's see she's mad. pregnant. And I was just like, fucking hell. Like, the the extent people will go to to, to make up shit mm. is baffling. And it's worrying as well. So, on top of all my avoidant tendencies and dysfunction in my life, yeah, I've also got to worry that you know I'm I'm one bad fucking you know one bad dick egg pick. away from one bad dick pic away from everyone seeing your dick. Oh mate, and I put that in my second book. About really, did dick it? Pics. Yeah, like every every kid sent dick, dick pics. You either sent dick pics or you lying. I used to send someone else's dick pics. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, who the fuck? I used to take pictures of my dick. I mean, who wants to see that? And everyone's like, oh, it's disgusting. Girls send nudes. There's some nudes. Like horrendous amounts of nudes. So so do boys still send dick pics? Uh I don't I, I don't, don't know. I'm too old for that shit. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I'm too old for that. Do I'm, you? Even like well, this is this is how old I am. Max 23. Mac. Dick, yeah, pics. dick pics. Still a thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. And again, like as long as they're not. Do you think anyone's ever sent a softie? Think, do you think anyone's ever sent a fault of a softie? Like a <laughs> flopper. Do you reckon? No, a flaccid never, penis. Never. What they've done is semied. Got windmilled it yeah. for 60. <laughs> they, they, Put blood in it. They windmilled it as, yeah. uh, you know, and then sold it as, as floppy. It's, yes. a wolf, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. <laughs> They've windmilled it, stretched it a little bit, and then say, imagine this, rock hard. It's, I think that's part of the, <laughs> and again, this isn't, you know, guys that send unsolicited dick pics think that's wrong, but obviously, you know, any of that I've sent, I haven't fucking sent it to a random person on fucking what was that chat for him? Chat roulette. That, that's not the way it's done. You're like dating a girl and you're like chatting. You're not, you're not going to see her till like... Some of this. Yeah. You know, or someone, whatever. By the way, my banter's... I'm trying to come up with banter that you'd send in a dick pic and I can't remember the last time I sent one. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's yeah. like 10, 10, 15 years. Maybe more than that, but still like... that. Really? Part, it's Shit. part of growing up as a kid. Logitech webcam, whatever it was at the time. <laughs> Hot MSN. Yeah, MSN Messenger. Yeah, yeah and like, um, Yeah, when you mature as a, as a teenage boy... You do dumb shit. Fucking you you right. just do not have that part of the brain where you have logic. You think with your dick? Yeah, and I I didn't at twenty fucking one. Let's say, yeah, I wasn't thinking. Oh, well, I'm probably gonna have a million followers in fucking ten years. I was, who in their right mind? You'd have to be a fucking psychopath, wouldn't you? You'd have to be a psychopath sociopath to think that's actually the case. And um, yeah, and, and this fucks me off as well that people are getting cancelled from jokes they made ten years ago. 
Oh, dude. Like, did you see the one about the cricketer that got banned from cricket because of something he said when he was 15? No. Oh, like he got he got suspended. Like an England cricketer got suspended for like eight matches. Like 24 or something. Now he's, he posted something on Twitter when he was 15 and they suspended him from cricket. It, that's ridiculous. And like, the, But then people are like, what are you going to do? Enforce like a 360-day, you know, fucking uh, time limit. Like anything you posted in the last year is liable. Like people are, you're dumb at 16. You're fucking stupid. Dude, I look at my posts from when you get that Facebook memories thing pop up. And I'm like, Jesus, did I really fuck with Mate, my status. Do you know what he used ago? to say, like, Paul Moore is? And he used to say is. And then he used to fill the fucking blank in after is. I'm like, oh my God. My status 10 years ago popped up the other day. It goes, what's the difference between a Bono and a Ferrari? He goes, I haven't got a Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how is that a fucking Facebook status? Oh my God, like, that is naughty. But like, you, you're just, you're, you're different at that point. And people need to say, he was a kid, oh, he was stupid. Oh, you know, even, fuck, imagine. What I hate is we have this reality of things on the internet and things you say off off air. Yeah, they don't match up. Like, no, as hard as you try, they never match up. There are some jokes that you would never see on the internet. You know them things that go around your air, your WhatsApp group chat. There's some of them memes that you would you would only ever see on WhatsApp, isn't that? And it's kind of funny because everyone's finding it funny. Yeah, everyone's seeing the banter in it. Yeah, but you have this kind of like world that they can't exist in through fear yes. of being cancelled. Yeah. And it, it's, it's the, the reason that I think there are, there are social justice warriors in existence is because they're bored. There's that, but I think also you've got a lot of people. For, for hundreds of thousands of years, you've had low-status individuals. Low-status, whether they were dragging a plough on a fucking farm or whatever it was. Nowadays, they've all, all these low-status people have got access to the internet and social media. Yeah. And they've never in their life been able to tell someone what to do, ever. They've been bottom of the food chain, stacking shelves, not saying stacking shelves is a problem, but they've always been bottom of the food chain and the social status. And now through a guise of social justice warrior, they can tell people. They can feel significant. Yeah. yeah. And, and probably for the same reason that, you know, there were some awful racist tweets and whatever that went out. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that the people that did that are, are scum. But a lot of them were probably doing it to attention seek. Oh, 100%. So, like, you've yeah. got perfect mix of scummy attention seekers. Yeah. But like, um, they knew what was going to happen as soon as they fucking posted it, especially now. They knew, they knew as soon as I posted it, same as the footballers knew, sadly, that they were going to get racist abuse. The people that posted it knew what was going to happen as soon as they posted it. Oh, there's going to be loads of attention on me. I might even get arrested. Like, I'm sure that went through someone's head. I might even get arrested. I might even get on the news. And they might get some kind of notoriety for the only time in their life. It's mad, isn't it? Like, I, I sometimes, I think the word sycophantic, where you do things in that manner for personal gain. For those guys, it wasn't personal gain. But mm. like today, uh, I messaged Luke before and I go, oh, I, I had a pop at spinning today. Every year I have a pop at spinning. It's like an annual thing. Because if people hate what I say, they'll comment. If they love what I say, I'll comment. Both parties will share it. No one's truly offended. Mm-hmm. It's a real good, nothing below the belt body shot mm-hmm. to, to attack spinning. Because mm-hmm. people that love it... It's go, like going after Love Island, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, there's, there's so many places that you can create and cultivate a big amount of attention. Well, we, funnily enough, when Lord was in before, when Lucy was in before, we were talking about morning routines. And I said, I remember when James was talking about ice baths earlier in the year. And everyone was like, everyone was tagging me and shit. I hope Paul Mods doesn't see this. Have you and James fell out? I was like, what? Because he fucking doesn't like ice baths. Here's one for you as well. I've just spent 10 grand on an ice bath. I dip in the sea most days. 
<laughs> have you not seen this new thing, this new ice bath? Yeah, people the, are going the, nuts. The fucking, what is it called again? It's called Brass Monkeys. You don't have to empty the water. The water stays at the temperature you want it to, so you get to adjust it. You change the water once a year, and it has a filter that you have to clean every two to three weeks, and you have it outside. It looks like a freezer, doesn't it? It looks fucking unbelievable. I was so good, I bought two by accident. <laughs> Let's get out of that as my refund. Leslie was like, Paul, what have you just spent? It was fucking 17 grand. What have you just spent 17 grand on called Brass Monkeys? What have you actually bought? Strippers. I was like, oh, <laughs> Into a brothel. <laughs> I had to ask for a refund on the other one, but I... Apparently and I was like, why? Why would p- people are, people want to get involved in shit that it isn't even their business as well? There's apparently a brothel in London where the receipt comes out as a steak place. Really? Yeah. Well, I've not been. Smart. That's been. smart. But that's cool, isn't it? So you expense it and people are like, oh, it's expensive steak. That is cool. Uh, with the ice bath thing, like everyone's like, well, but it's amazing. I was like, yeah, but I don't want to get in a cold, uh, cold bath. Well, what then, you did was really cool. You also framed it as it doesn't affect muscle growth or something. So there's uh, different studies. So basically, depending on the sport in which you're participating in, you yeah. determine whether or not it's beneficial or not. Really? From a therapeutic state setting, do you know what? It's probably great to alter your state of consciousness without your phone for 10 minutes. Imagine that. So I'm pro. Do you know why I think it makes you feel better? Because you have to breathe harder, which oxygenates your fucking brain. So you feel fucking better when you get out. And the, sen- the, the sensation that you'll get for returning to a homeostatic temperature. Your body's like, good behavior, Paul. Yeah. You're not going to die yeah. of hypothermia today. Yeah. But when, when I'm in Sydney, all around the year, the, the sea is hugely refreshing. One of the key components of my life is getting in cold water. Yeah. So no one saw that. Yeah. No one realized they're yeah. like, oh, James fucking hates ice baths. Because he's dipping in Bondi, you cunts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I make a whole fucking hour ceremony out of going down to the beach. Dude, I, saw the, I saw that. Um, do you know what's ridiculous? I get asked all the time, why don't you just go on the sea? I literally have to walk out of the house, down a bank, get in the sea, walk back up the bank. Like, I'm talking four-minute walk. I think 12... fucking pain in the ass. I think 12 people have died in the last week getting in the sea in the UK. Really? They don't realise how cold it is. Because it's 30 degrees or whatever. And you've got that fucking swell and all that, haven't you? But well, a lot of people um, would then, like, they'd probably just be like, oh, swim out to a boy. But then swimming's one of the only exercises that if you do it, you get colder. People don't realise that. Even if you swim full, like, really hard without a wetsuit, you're getting colder the whole time. Really? And there's Why? A, because your body is, first of all, being, when it's windy, yeah. when you're cold, the water, because it's in contact with the skin, can wick away heat much better. That's why we sweat. The water on the surface of the skin helps wick away sweat. Mm-hmm. Now, if the sea is a considerably lower temperature than your body, you cannot produce heat at the requirement necessary to keep a homeostatic kind yeah. of temperature. Yeah. So even though they're swimming, they think, oh, warm up. You won't. You're in cold water. So it's not like when ice melts, the temperature of the sea doesn't change. So if I got in an ice bath, the temperature of the water would change, wouldn't it? It must do. Because the yeah, ice the water, starts to melt in the that. The water would get warmer because yeah. you're getting in it. But when you're in the sea, there's too much water. Yeah. There's too much body, and even if you're moving through it, and then when your muscles start to fail, you're going to drown. Sea swimming's no fucking joke either. I used to do a point-to-point in a Bondi, yeah. and like you just swim across. And there's sharks there and stuff. But again, do you know what? Sharks are the perfect comparison to vaccines, right? There is a chance you will die getting in the sea. Mm-hmm. But statistically, very, very unlikely. But if someone dies from a shark attack today, oh, not many people are getting in the sea tomorrow. Mm. Because... They can't fathom the statistical irrelevance of it. I think aspirin might even fuck up more people than the vaccine right now. Really? Yeah, like there's some there's some crazy thing. Like people are worried about sharks in the sea when statistically they're more likely that a vending machine will fall on them. But 
all you, there are so many people in the sea at any given point on any given day. Drowning kills more people than sharks in Australia. Like, substantially more. And smoke them will. Yeah, when, when people get in the sea, they're like, oh, it could be a shark. Yeah, you could also drown, mate. Yeah. And like, it, it's so crazy that our attention's drawn to the significant statistics. And I'm not, that doesn't make it right. No. But again. Man, I had a guy the other day, he's probably listening, not anymore. He was fucking, he was saying, oh, I was really looking forward to your live show, but I'm not coming now because you've had the vaccine. And I looked at him, I was like, bro, you're at least fucking three stone overweight. There's, you're way more likely to get anything than, it blew me head off. I was like, really? What does he you're gain digging, out of that? You're digging me out of the, on having the vaccine. You can't control what goes in your fucking mouth. Do you Is know it, what I'm saying? I'm like, what? I don't know. Isn't it mad? Like, so I, for instance, I don't know whether he was just offending Love Island. I think he might have been offended because I said the Love Island. I said, I'm not taking your advice on the vaccine. If you watch Love Island, use you instead of the word you in any conversation or um, you snort yourself inside out every week. And he went off on one. The thing is, so like, let's say, for instance, I, I fucking hate Harry Potter. I hate the films. The majority of the UK love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> I had this conversation with Lord as well. That's mine. Well, Harry Potter? No. We talk about Harry Potter because I think it's amazing. Well, I've never seen. It. I've never seen it. So imagine the statistical significance of me not liking Harry Potter. Now, yeah. what I do not do is go around protesting, stopping people from watching it. Yeah. Or messaging J.K. Rowling, telling her you hate a book that you haven't read. And I'm not going to say to you, I'm not coming to your show because you watch Harry Potter. Yeah. What you do with yourself is completely up to you. Yeah. And the the, the reason that there's so many pro-vaccine propaganda is to put out the fires of anti-vax propaganda, mm. and it's absolutely mental. Like. But what are people truly going to stand from it? Like, there's so many... The human brain just loves loves the idea of... Uh, you know, I, think, I think you get a lot of people who are addicted to drama as well. Ooh, like yeah. They get that... Do you know what I mean? They get addicted to drama because they've the, the got... The, I think a lot of people just haven't got enough... They haven't got that sense of purpose. They're not working towards anything. So the only, only thing that makes them feel anything is drama. I was going to say purpose. Yeah. So many people go through life blindfolded with no purpose. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. It's, it's sad. So they can't feel anything. They can't get, the, I would call it the life force. The only way they get any kind of that significance, that fire, is by fucking fighting with people. Over Comments. shit. Aye. Over shit. Can you imagine what platform uh, Facebook and Instagram be with no comments? I, I genuinely, I imagine you could turn off comments indefinitely. Or well, the forums would be fucking massive because they're just screenshot. What I fucking hate. The screenshot and then take it somewhere else and still talk shit. There's um, some like anti-diet people who only allow comments from people they follow. Really? That's, that again is like one-sided propaganda. Yeah. They're creating a narrative of agreement. Yeah. Like, well, you see, you see, um, you see some of the, some of the guys are fucking Love Island, Jordy Shaw and that. They'll make a, they'll do an ad and they'll turn off comments on the ad. Comments are on all the rest of the time, but they'll put an ad up for something like fucking Boom Bod. Boom Bod. Fucking some kind of trading, some kind of betting, join this betting club and then they turn the comments off just on that post because now they're going to get it. It is fucking, it's crazy. But what I hate as well is criticism you get from people that don't follow you. Or like, oh, they'll just pop up and give you shit. I get girls DMing me on a Saturday, like, where are you? And I'm like, you don't follow me. Why'd you care I am? Can't care that much. Or then you get hate or judgment or someone, someone tries to tell me how I should do my job and I'm like, you don't even follow me. Yeah. Like, that. you've come to my profile to engage with me you've manually come here it's kind of pathetic it's not like you saw a post and wow I'm going to message him or they manually come and check the stories and people that create fake accounts to ask questions 
I mean, can you, like, I don't, I'm not mad at these people. I actually got this from you. I learned this from you back in the day. You've got to think about where they are, who they are, what they're experiencing to be able to, to be in that part of their life where it's probably the highlight of their day. Mm. Mm. Yeah, giving someone else shit. Yeah. Yeah. I get this every, every, I'll normally get it at like 4 a.m. 4 a.m. on a Sunday morning, someone will fucking go off on one, either in the DMs. And I'm like, dude, I'd rather you were doing that to me than giving you fucking missus shit. You know what I mean? I'm a big enough boy to handle that shit now. Like, it's a. Uh, I think it's just like a pain relief for the minute. You know what I mean? It's like I, I feel like shit. I've seen this post. I've seen what you've said, and I've got two options. I can just go past the ad. I can just move on, or I can try and make myself feel better by talking shit. I love a uh, Ricky Gervais where he goes, "Just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right." Oh. nah, nah. Just because you're right doesn't mean that I'm wrong either. Like, I get that all the time. Oh, Paul, you get asked this all the time. One of the most common questions I get asked is, how do, I, how do you deal with blank people? How do you deal with negative people? How do you deal with aggressive people? How do you deal with narcissists? How do you deal with opinionated people? It doesn't matter what it is. I'm like, you don't fucking need to deal with anybody. Do you know what I mean? Like, people, Mind your own fucking business. If you're running a business, like let's, let's look at this objectively. You're posting comments to create engagement, to drive people to a squeeze page or a landing page to conduct business with you. You appreciate that if 1% of your following do business with you, you're going to make enough money to live. The end. Mm-hmm. The end. Mm-hmm. People go, oh, but how do you deal with a 98? You don't have to. You can try to convert them, but it's the same, same process as everything else. Or like, I think you've got to also consider that most people are on social media though to, to, to be entertained. That's what social media is really. It's not. There's fuck all social about it. Really, it's just entertainment. Just entertainment, they're just filling a gap. So I think that's a big mistake that businesses make is that they think people are on social media to buy shit. You know what I mean? No one, I mean, face Instagram have that shop thing. I don't even know how that, I don't even know how that's doing. See, it seemed to be quite popular at first, but I don't think, I don't go on Instagram and go shopping. No, never. I mean, to be fair though, I do buy a lot of shit from there. Do you know when you see an ad for something? I'm like, I'll get stuff arrived in the post. I'm like, what the fuck have I... My confidence has been knocked since uh, I saw an Iron Man mask on TikTok, one that you press the button and it opens. Did you buy it? Yeah. Did you? It never came. Shit. Oh, it never came? Shit. Oh, 100 quid. Oh, was it? You know the worst thing I've bought? You know those defu- diffusers? Yeah. That have the lovely smoke coming out. I bought one of them for the car. Sure. has <laughs> got one in her car. <laughs> I, I bought one of them for the car. The worst part is stuff like that comes. I'm like, where the fuck? How have I bought that? I, I'm not. Clear the Instagram ad was good. But you know what I'm what I'm terrible for is Amazon. When something comes to my mind, I think I do have, and not to offend people with ADHD, I think I might be on the, the spectrum of it. Um, some people have said that to me and whether or not it's true, I don't know. But when I remember something like I need floss, I can't relax until I've done it. So mm-hmm. it's so easy for me to go to Amazon to buy the floss. Mm-hmm. Just a single package. I know what brand I want. I don't want to go into Boots and them not have the brand I want because I've just wasted time. But I'm very concerned about Amazon taking over the world. This is a conspiracy, right? Me and Luke joke about this. Soon everything will be Amazon. Look at the trajectory of where Amazon's gone from 97. Well, why would you buy it? This is what I get, don't get about Christmas shopping. I'm like, who the fuck goes Christmas shopping? Well, why, why would you drag yourself through that whole fucking rigmarole so the when mo- you can just go on Amazon? So at the moment, I've got a second chance to get Sunday Times bestseller, which I didn't get on Not a Life Coach first time. Mm-hmm. So paperback is available for pre-order. WH Smith did a deal for us mm-hmm. and they're a bookstore. Did a great thing. They're selling books at the events. But then part of me is like, I, I use their checkout store 
And it's fucking a ball lake. Sorry, WH Smith, if you're watching. Name, address, bling address, shipping address, credit card, input. People go to Amazon, they're one click. It is it's one click. Fucking slide, and it? it's free postage. Yeah. WH Smith, £2.50. How are you going to compete with that? Mm. But Amazon, no offense to them, they're cunts. So I was chatting to Alan from Grenade. They are selling, he does, if you sell to Amazon, they start selling so much of your product that um, they then want a larger profit margin, larger profit margin, because then you're, you're tunnel hold because you can't go anywhere else. Yeah. He was telling me that they, if people search for his bars, they then bring up the competitor and they'll sell his competitor's bars at a loss just to put pressure on Grenade to start selling through them. Jeez. So they're a real nasty market. And also Amazon, I don't believe this 100% true. Don't sue me for defamation. <clears throat> um, if their products get returned or they don't end up going to where they're going, they just destroy them even though they're brand new. Yeah, or they send you back. We got a load of massage guns sent back. Yeah. So so we've got we've got a fucking room full of massage guns because they won't keep them and in they, their warehouse. And if they can't send them back, they'll destroy them. Really? Because if you've got a TV, say you've got an 80-inch TV from last year. Yeah. They can't keep that in stock because it will undermine their new stock. Yeah. So it's better for them to destroy it and keep it out of the market. Sure. So that it doesn't end up being reduced and sent to someone because now that person doesn't need a TV anymore. Yeah. And then they can't sell them this, this hey, year. Here's a mad fact for you. Who the fuck taught me this? Someone told me this mad fact. Who the fuck was it? Oh, it's going to blow me. It's going to do me fucking head in. Do you only have a conversation with someone and you can't remember who it was and what it, well, here's what it was about. It was Martin Irvin, photographer. Do you know Martin or not? Phil Graham's mate takes all the really cool okay, photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Martin was telling me that if you, if someone buys something like, let's just say we, we do a podcast about podcasts and we're like, in the show notes, you can get the link to the headphones and the and the mic. If someone buys, whatever someone buys within 24 hours of you giving that affiliate link, whatever, you get a kickback. And that matters. So I could send you and say, right, I got the headphones from Amazon. Here's a link. If I bought a fucking 80-inch TV the day after, or the same day, regardless whether it was your link or not, I'll get a kickback of buying that TV. From Amazon. Mm. So the concern here as well is like, so a lot of, say, small towns in small areas, the shops would have gone out of business. So they couldn't, you know, COVID fucked a lot of small yeah. businesses. Amazon will move in a depot there with product stock and they'll end up working in the warehouse for Amazon. Mm -hmm. Now, when that's there, no businesses can compete with that. So the people from the small businesses work there. Amazon times them and knows exactly how long it would take them to get from one corner of the depot to the drop-off area. So they only have that amount of time to do it. And they have scheduled in time to have pisses and shits. The delivery drivers, have you seen how they drop off and run? Because they're timed between stops. So there's, And they had to get rid of all of the stock by the end of the day, I think. So they're reporting now that their Amazon drivers are pissing in bottles because they can't take breaks yeah. with the amount of time. Even in America, some of the drivers... I think there's no in. holiday pay and shit, you know? Yeah, nothing. No holiday pay, no sick pay. They also... Uh, yeah, so they... On they, the self-employed? I think the Amazon get... drivers like self-employed. They have to buy their own van and shit. I think so. There was an amazing movie that that Ken Loach guy made. So they've already taken over logistics and delivery and getting people to do it like almost like an Uber. Yeah. But then I think they can get like fined or something if something's late. But on Joe Rogan, I heard about they give someone 11 minutes to go in someone's house and assemble a desk that's got 52 pieces. Shit. 11 minutes in and out. Shit. So these, like, that would take me 11 days, though. But now these workers, because of the powers that be or whatever, they can't leave and go to a competitor. And the bigger that Amazon gets... Because there's no competitor. There's no competitors. Shit. So the bigger that Amazon gets, they're just going to hold more and more cards. Like, I was saying to uh, Duran yesterday, I was like, when does Amazon buy Apple? What if they then buy Tesco's, buy Sainsbury's? turn them into Amazon Fresh. 
you know, soon enough. Well, what's mad is, is it's funny you should say that because where our kids go to school on this new estate, there are all these new. So there's an estate, all uh, houses, flats, apartments, brand new school or newish school, and there's like a like a shopping area. So there's a Tesco, a cafe, and then the rest almost all the hairdressers. The rest of them are almost all empty. This brand new thing, and it's because if you want to rent a store or a shop on the same, this, this like, uh, semi-circle of shops, you're not allowed to sell anything that Tesco sells. That's mad. It's, isn't that mad? So there was shop, there was little, there was cafes opening there and they weren't allowed to sell any of the products that Tesco sold. Or they couldn't be there. Tesco's so they've probably got fucking, the whole They've got three or four empty fucking shops and a Tesco. But this is only going to get worse and increase. Now, again, when I order something same day on Amazon, and now imagine, Something's come up in a, a depot saying to a poor employee who's probably not getting paid that much, you need to go get James's floss and you might need to run because he wants it by 7 p.m. tonight. And I haven't even paid. But the thing is, I'm not paying for that privilege. It's part of my prime. Yeah. So for my £12 a month, whatever it is, on my beck and call, someone's got to run for me in the depot. It's mad, that. It's, it's worrying. That's what it is. £12 a fucking month. It so is. if they were to buy Tesco's and Sainsbury's and everyone else, they've already got the logistics for depot storage. Uh, like, Ordering as, online. As they get bigger, it's Maybe just some of them shopping companies that order an online shit. We try and do online shopping for like your grocery shop. It's fucking terrible. They've got all these replacements. You get you, you order one thing and you get something else. That wouldn't happen with Amazon. So Cos- Amazon would give you exactly what you wanted. Costco used to put their roast chickens at the back of the store and sell them at a loss. Yeah. And they were calling it its greatest loss product because people would go past all the other products they made profit on on the way to get a roast chicken. Amazon, when they sell my book often will sell it at a loss to undermine their competitors. They're making that much money. They're ruthless. They, if Waterstones and WH Smiths go under in the next few years, it would be purely because of Amazon. And there's no question in my mind that... Well, Am- and the fact that they make online shopping hard. You just said it there. Do you know what I mean? And they can't WH Smith will go out of business before Waterstones. Waterstones is more specialist, mm-hmm. I think. We, we've had... In fact, I can't remember the last time i seen a WH Smith in a shopping centre or a high street that was open. You see them in train stations and airports. But I can't remember. The one in our high street's closed. The one in Newcastle high street's closed. It's mad that. How would you feel if over the last 10 years you met someone who had a paper business? Paper business? Like a newspaper? No, just paper. Oh, paper. Like, you know, Dunder Mifflin, like uh, in the office. Yeah, yeah, Someone yeah, goes, yeah. oh, I, I create paper for schools and, and businesses and offices and... They're, just, they're going to struggle, aren't they? You just ticking time bomb before you go out of business. Yeah. You'll be like, oh, soon, you know, enjoy the next few years, mate, because no one's using fucking paper anymore like they used to. Yeah. That's how I feel about most high street stores. Is it? See, I think, well, actually, I think it's like gyms. I always say, I was talking to a lady who owns three gyms the other day. I was saying, you know, the, the ones that get killed are the ones like in between. You've got like the budget ones and the high end ones. The ones that are a little bit in between that do a bit of everything, they're the ones that are going to struggle the most. And I think it's the same with with stores and even restaurants like look at all these chains that are just fucking disappearing aren't they do you know what I mean like Frankie and Benny's I think they've gone under completely we've got pizza huts closing down all of these and these shitty chains are all closing and I guarantee it's whoever's giving the most favourable deal to Uber Eats and, and uh, delivery because again these algorithms work similarly where uh, I wouldn't surprise me if Nando's giving 20% or something let's say to Uber Eats to come up at the top as yeah. recommended yeah. So it's whoever drops their pants most for the technology that's going to... You lose. can do that with... There's one podcast platform where you can do that, I think. 
What about you can actually ask to. What about Uber as well? Uber is, <laughs> is fucking tearing apart taxi drivers, isn't it? Mate, Uber, well, I've got a story about Uber for you. That we have like two in, the whole in our town. Someone came to an event. He was a, he's a banker from London, came to an event. He said, I'm going to order an Uber. I was like, fucking good luck with that. 45 minutes. One guy, Martin, that Martin guy I was talking about, came to do a photo shoot last week and the taxi came from Newcastle. Sorry, the Uber came from Newcastle to get him to take him back to Newcastle. 25 minutes it took to come and get him to take him back. So we there was none in our town. Isn't that mad? So, um, but again, I was in Strand the other day and I was like, all right, I'm going to get an Uber. It was like looking for an Uber and I was like, oh, Black Cab. It was £20 on an Uber. And I uh, see a black cab on my fucking scare black cab. Like, I always want to support them when I can. Yeah. So, comes on, get in, meet her, play on my phone, get home, 54 quid. Really? So, I mean, it's, it's 11 p.m., so I'm hardly getting the use of the bus lanes then. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and I sat up, the whole time, there was a bit of virtue signaling. I was like, look at me doing my bit for the black cabs. Yeah. As soon as I got out, I was like, I can't wait for you cunts to go out of business. 54 quid? Because then he'll drive an Uber and, pay tw- and I'll pay him 20 pounds when he's That's wild, Uber. isn't it? It's, it's mad. And you know about the knowledge? Yes. Like, as soon as Uber came out within a year, the knowledge university, boom, done. Well, there was a guy who picked me, who picked us up to take us to the train station, right? Taxi driver. They're doing all right in our town because there's no Uber. For now. And he, and he said, so that he got a notice, he got this thing came up on his, on his dashboard that said, there's a jumper at the time bridge, so you can't go over the time bridge. And he was like, oh, I'm just, I'm just, he had to stop and pull over and say, I'm just figuring out how we're going to get there. I was like, Look on your fucking phone, you duck egg. He didn't, he didn't even, and he's a black cab driver, didn't, couldn't figure out, in his head, couldn't figure out how to get, like, to the train. Uber drivers are now also delivering food. Like, I think that there was one guy picked us up, but then was going straight to drop off food, straight after. Oh, mate, I, I didn't tell you I had this in, uh, in Gold Coast. I'm, I'm getting an Uber during that going to the gym. Guys are like, oh, you, you lads off training. We're like, yeah. And we're like, oh. and he was chatting. We're like, what do you, what do you do? Do you just full time? He's like, no, I'm PT. But I've just qualified. But I drive Uber, and he's like, you can make fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a week, like a thousand pounds a week. And I was like, oh yeah. And he's like, yeah, mate. You know, Saturdays I do 13, 15 hours. Yeah. Really good money. Really good money. And I was like, you're a qualified PT. You're driving an Uber. It's almost so accessible for people to now get in their car, drive, work that it completely detracted him from his passion. Yeah. Because I suppose, not to take anything away from the drivers, they've, they've just got to drive and follow a map and they get yeah. paid for it. Yeah. There's no the, the guaranteed income, guaranteed demand. Like, it's such a safe life for people to do it. And it's great. I, I love Uber. I love the technology. I love the fact that if I've got a girlfriend, I can put her in an Uber and know she's going home safe. Yeah. And that I can contact that driver or, or whatever. Um, or you can tell them not to talk to you when they pick you up. That's, you got to do Uber That's Comfort. my favorite thing about Uber. <laughs> and you pay more for that. Yeah. People go, how do you do that? Well, you do Uber Comfort. Yeah. Isn't that more expensive? Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it depends on my mood, actually, because other times I empathize that it could be quite a lonely job. Yeah. And especially if anyone's got, I've got this from Duran, actually. If they are, uh, if I get in and I suspect, or if they have, uh, some Muslims have like dangling. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, I, sorry, yeah. I don't know the name. And I'll get in and I'll be like, Salam alaykum. And they'll be like, alaykum salam. And I'll be like, sweet. And they, they never expect a white guy to get in and say that. Yeah. Or if they've got some kind of ethnic background, way from boss man. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm from Pakistan. And I'll be like, Inzaman, best cricketer ever. Yeah. And they, I like sometimes getting in conversations with them and 
and having a bit of fun, but if yeah. it's, only if it's a short journey. Yeah. <laughs> but, but even then, sometimes I'll say, sorry, mate, I've got to work and I'll put my AirPods in, even yeah. if I'm not listening to music, yeah. just to try and... Do you ever ask them if I'm being busy? Been busy. What's that, PK? <laughs> what time are you on till? What time are you on till? It's unbelievable. Do you ever ask that? I got out my way not to ask that question now. I, I, I almost, I feel it coming out of my mouth. I'm like, no, I'm not asking if he's being busy. No, like, um, yeah, it, it definitely depends. There's like black cabs as well I get in. I sometimes start a conversation and very much regret it. Yeah. Hey, so uh, listen, what are you, because uh, I saw you looking at your watch, I was looking at mine as well. I was just checking how we're doing. We're coming up to nearly two hours. We are, eh? What um what else are you working on right now that's new? Got the tour, got the paperback out, app still fucking flying. Um, do you know what? I'm at, I'm coasting at the moment. Like I'm just enjoying it. I'm not writing a new book. I think you're waiting to go back to Australia. Yeah, I'm waiting. Neil and this too. I'm waiting to go back to Australia. Like the UK, I, I like it and it's great. Like I'm gonna go see my family for dinner tonight. Yeah, uh, have a little barbecue back there. But you better my- not eat too much if I'm rolling in the morning, bro. Uh, and that neon belly. I was 97 kg last night. So oh, shit, were you? Yeah. But like, the, it's London's great for work. It's great for opportunities. I'm great for podcasting, doing stuff like this. Yeah. But my soul just feels a bit suffocated. Yeah. And it, I'm definitely on edge. That. Why? You. Why do you think that is? What do you think it is? It can't just be the weather. Uh, I don't. I'm. I'm not fully sure. It is a bit the weather. Is it the pace? Not even the pace. Because me and Darren spoke about this as well. Why, like, he doesn't want to live there. He and he likes, he's a hustler, and he? Yeah, but look what Australia's done for me, and look what London's done for him. I know. He got his biggest social media growth sitting in a hotel room in Sydney. <laughs> he's fucking bonkers, <laughs> if he thinks that. You know what I mean? Yeah. His story views probably have never been bigger than they were than when he was in Sydney. Yeah. Because you want to live an aspirational life. Yeah. And people in London love seeing Sydney. People in London don't like seeing Oxford Circus. Yeah. But Darren, I think it's it comes from a place where he lived there for five years. Yeah. But where he lived in Sydney is like saying you live in London, but you live in Maidenhead. Mm. You're an hour out. Yeah. You're commuting in. You're spending your time on public transport. Yeah. But also, he's got much stronger family ties here. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, I, yeah. I completely appreciate yeah. that. But he's always an edge when he's in Sydney. Yeah. He can never be happy in Sydney. Yeah. He, he always can't wait to go home. He goes because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But he can't wait to go home. And that's where we oppose. And um, at the moment, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on PR. I'm waiting on Australia to sort of shit out. Mm-hmm. As if I get, if I got, you know, I, I don't really care much about investments and stuff like that. If I get PR, I'm going to look to buy a house and, and probably maybe in Gold Coast, mm-hmm. not even in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Big house, four beds, swimming pool, on the water because the property price aren't too expensive there. And I'm safe for the next five, ten years. So any of my friends in the UK, you need someone to stay, come stay with well, me. Well, funny, I've never been to Australia. Did well, you know you, I bet you didn't know that about come, me. Come ever. stay with me. Do you know what puts me off? What? A fucking long ass flight. Well, in first class, right, it's all right, it is, but not with two fucking kids. <laughs> well, actually, I've told like. I could come on, me. We could talk. You can remember that time you spent two hours, you and Darren, convincing Leslie to let me do mushrooms. <laughs> we could also spend two hours and let me do in a month in Australia on my own. Well, um, <laughs> I will say business is better than first. Because like, business, your bed and your seat is the same, same. But when you go first, you've got a bed and a seat. And the seat is too much of a seat to be a bed, and the bed is too much of a bed to be a seat. I went, I've only been first once, and that was when I went to Miami with Craig David. I remember you saying that. Yeah, it was that. wild. It was wild. But for the difference, it's not. It's nah, not. You got an escort. Someone came and picked you up and took you to the fucking where you needed to be. Mate, to get sitting on a plane for 14 hours with not a care in the world and limited Wi Fi, it's actually quite nice. <sighs> 14 when, hours, though. That's a 14 from Abu Dhabi. Day. 
Got to be all right with your own company to do it's that. 20, it's 21 hours. It's fine. Oh, you've had a couple of panic attacks on planes. But, a couple? Fuck me. <laughs> but like, it, going there, the, the lifestyle is just so much nicer. And you know what? I'm, if I if I got a house, I want to get a dog. I'll grow up with a dog my whole life. I haven't had one for 15 years. Yeah. I want to have a dog. I want to get a missus. I want to start slowing down. I just want to start. You know, dogs, I almost feel like I just want to get comfy and get ready to die for the next 50 years. That's yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. But I can't. I'm like... Do you know what? My life right you now... You get bored, man. You get bored. Yeah, but I work as well. I'll still do all my endeavours, but then I will come back. As soon as Australia gets a bit cold, I'll come back and have a mad three months in London and then fuck off. Yeah. I'll get my fix. At the moment in life, I feel like a plane is waiting to land. What's the dog doing? What, when I'm What's away? the dog doing when you're coming back for three months? If I've months? got a missus, she'll be there, right? And I'll be like, look, love. <laughs> I'm going home. I'm going to England for three months. You ain't got to work. You can come out for a month. But then some of my mates that live in Sydney, like... Ferris, don't yeah. know what he does for a job. Willits, he'll be busy. Cam, my mate who's a, a carpenter, I'm like, look, mate, how'd you fancy $200 a day indefinitely? You've got to live in my house and look after my dog. I'll contract him and I'll be like, look, make sure that door fits all right. Yeah. I, do you know what? Actually, I'll put him on a full-time wage to live in my house, swim in my swimming pool, eat my food and, be, and walk my dog. And I'll just be like, have a look around the house and fix anything that needs fixing. That's what I do. Handy Cam. Yeah. That's it. So Cam, if you're listening, <laughs> I've got a job for you. I would I would employ my friends or I'd have uh, a Swedish student also called Ingrid that kind of helps around the house maybe. Yeah. She gets free rent, walks the dog. Where's the bikini? Good pocket money. Where's the bikini? And then my future wife, if she's giving me lip, I'm like, oh, Ingrid's looking good. Yeah. She'll get that because my future wife will be, she'll have a lot of banter with me like that. Yeah. That's another trait of avoidance. They always talk about a utopian future wife. I thought we're just about to get into an application for me. Apply within. But yeah, so that's that's the dream. I reckon Luke's under the impression that if I get to Oz with PR, he's like, the, the forbidden fruit won't be so forbidden. Yeah, he reckons yeah, I'll be yeah. in the UK more. Yeah. But like, just being here. What are you going to do if you don't get PR? Go America. Is it? Yeah. I just I just fucking can't stand the UK. Like, it, it sounds bad. When I got back, where, I was like, where would you go in America? Uh, Texas. Would you? Yeah, I'll go Austin for a bit. Yeah. And then maybe LA. But I don't nice. really like LA. Nice. But do you know what? I'm, I'm really looking forward to just going somewhere. Do you know what? My whole life, I've always bounced between places. Mm-hmm. Played rugby in New Zealand when I was 23. Traveled Southeast Asia at 24, 25. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm not happy unless I'm moving about. And I fucking hate the, the bullshit that we have at the moment with everything. Living in London. I've got tours most weekends for the next two, three months. Mm-hmm. And like, it'd just be nice to be able to call Darren now and go, oh, mate, should we get on the 9 p.m. to fucking Palmer for three days and come back? Not have to worry about all the bullshit that goes with it. Yeah. Will you double vax? I will be in two get, days. Get that double fucking vax, you're on. Yeah, I will. I love it. Mr. Uh, James fucking Smith, thank you so much. I was going to say where do people find out more about you because that's normally me. You think James Smith PT? That's it. In case you didn't know he was a PT. That's it, it's on there. I can't get rid of it because someone else has got James Smith. I'll be seeing you again at IFS. You probably, yeah, you will be seeing me Bank again at IFS. Weekend, yeah, you will. IFS, how do I get tickets for that? Internationalfitnesssummit.com, yeah. I think. Yeah, that'll be good. Busy, yeah. big, that, we've actually worked out with the ticket sales so far. It's going to be the biggest business event for personal trainers that's ever existed. Is it? What's, what's and the on most? the Saturday we're doing on the Saturday we're doing um, panels pissed we're doing panels I'm not getting pissed Mr. Jams doing a DJ set Mr. Event. Jams we're doing mental health we're doing um, fitness we're doing workshops and then on Sunday we're doing business business I think um, uh, budgie smugglers are doing an assault course like a ninja warrior fuck off with drinking yeah. oh my god budgie smugglers wow that's 
I'm even more excited about now. And on the Sunday, I'm actually going to be talking about um, how in 2020, we did £987,000 with me doing all of the coaching. So uh, I'm going to be, the talk's actually called The Uncircumcised Truth about building a a million pound a year coaching business. Yeah. Nearly a million. (laughs) Nearly a million. (laughs) Funny enough, the last slide, I've just, I'm literally giving me away my whole talk here, says, if that's failure, I'm cool with it. Yeah, sick. Awesome. All right, James Smith, thank you, sir. Cheers for having me.